All right, everyone. Hello and howdy doody. What's going on? This is Peter and Michael's here as well. Mike's what, what is going on over there on the other side of the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, so welcome everyone to Goody Reader Live. We do the show every month at pretty well the almost the last weekend of the month. We catch you up on all the latest occurrences in the e-reader industry as well as upcoming devices that you may not know about and to give you a sense on like you know what we reviewed this month what we're going to be reviewing in like the next couple weeks so you can get all caught up like on the latest news so i'm good um it's like summer we the heat waves is like over so you know every day is like about like 20 c or so so it's nice weather to just walk around and check everything out that is pretty nice wow yeah um that's uh, good to hear. And we got Chad Feeney in the house. Chad has actually been a very um, loyal contributor of our lives as of recent. He's been pointing out a lot of interesting stuff. So I'm glad to see him here. Hello. Um, yeah, um, w not a lot happened since the last time we talked, but there is still some good stuff. We did a couple reviews of some things. Um, Mike and his uh, news publication team has been uh, breaking some stories left, right, and center. We got some stuff from Kobo. We got some stuff from uh, just, you know, various manufacturers here and there. So um, uh, I'm going to halt that wind chime behind me. One moment, please. Yeah, so... We've been doing a lot of Kindle stories lately, like on the website, you know, um, you know, a lot of tutorials, how you remove an ebook from your Kindle, things to do if your Kindle gets wet, you know, and then speculative type stuff like, you know, Peter, Kindle Voyage is like one of the most popular, like e-readers of all time it was almost like a one and done type thing came out in 2014 uh a lot of people today still use it because it's pretty solid it it is so weird too it was the first time they've ever done it was the first time any e-reader has ever done soft touch hardware bezel driven haptic feedback page turn buttons i mean no one else has done that people have done clicky buttons which is just the regular off and on um signal to the unit but these soft touch haptic feedback like when you do that was crazy no one's done that and it was the first time they did this nice little beveled edge where they they like they they shaved it in like you know five degrees on the back it, it was so nice man i don't know why they canned that and yet we have five generations of paper white, 10 generations of basic, three generations of Oasis. But like the voyage was, yeah, one and done. And it, it felt like that's the one they should have moved forward with. And they had a crazy advertising campaign. They're putting out these like 4k advert videos with like real people and crazy CG stuff. And it was just, it's weird how it just went away. Incidentally, it was the first e-reader with the 300 PPI display. That too. That's right. I think we covered that when um, me and the guys did the uh, the ten year wrap up video, which uh, we're tr we're starting to do. Uh, I won't dwell on this too much, but um, as of recently, they take a long time to produce, and there's like four guys that we need to do it with in terms of getting them up. But we're doing more historical videos, so we reach out to like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Sony and stuff. We gather some data and gather some info and just get quotes and stuff. And um, and then we do uh, historical videos, but they take a long time, so they're few and far in between. But um, starting to do those more. But yeah, 
that was the first one with uh, 300 ppi which is uh early on in the world of 300 ppi e-readers it was also the first one with an ambient light sensor that's right that's right it had a lot of stuff going with it, it was flush screen and bezel too yep first one really with cool. like a flush yeah. screen and bezel protected by a layer of glass and they, all these things like a 300 ppi display flush screen and bezel uh page turn buttons um yeah it, these are the types of things that are like you know a frontlet display you know these are like the things that are the standard now on every single e-reader and it yep. all started with the voyage it did um it did definitely set a voyage of e-reader discovery from from that day on because it did it hit so many firsts it did everything so right and um i can't remember at launch if people were saying it was too expensive in back then money I don't think it was like Oasis 3 level of ridiculousness. Because I remember in Canada, when the Oasis 3 came out, top level LTE was like $430 for an e-reader. And everyone's like, oh, that's a lot of money, man. And this is not a tablet. This is an e-book reader. Like, books, <laughs> and that's it. So uh, I can't remember. What was the Voyage at launch, man? Do you remember? I don't remember. Kindle, Voyage uh launch msrp i don't remember what it was uh 199 so it wasn't ridiculous well it was it, a it was a six inch e-reader too yeah yeah it, it, um okay that's not cheap but it's not expensive it was you know what it was priced well for what it did at that time it was priced properly that that's not asking the moon yeah one of the things now about it, it's still an e-reader that people are buying like on eBay or, you know, oh, getting oh, it out like from DS, resellers. Yeah. But like the, the thing that you have to be aware of is if you if you're considering buying the Voyage, like batteries only have like a certain amount of charge. And as yeah. time goes on, they start to like lose charge, even if like it's never been used before. It's just batteries after a certain point you know, in time, they start going kaput. You know, lithium-ion batteries are like that. They tend to, to do them as charge cycles. But even if, like, you're not... Even if it's, like, sort of new-old, where, like, it's never been used before, the battery is still diminished, like, over time. So... Yeah. The one good thing about this is that it's pretty easy to find Kindle Voyage batteries because uh, the back comes off. So you could actually That's replace right. them. Um, you know, between, I think 2016 to 18 is when we saw, uh, wait, no, when did the voyage come out? 2014. 14. Yeah. 2013 to 15. Sorry. That's when we saw this shift. The older devices like the Kobo, even the tablets, the Kobo Vox, uh, the, the, the Kobo mini, the Amazon DX, the Amazon, um, uh, uh, touch the kindle touch they all had removable backings where you could just snap it off with little clips didn't have to do anything crazy didn't have to use dental floss and a heat gun with your buddies like okay hold the heat gun and i'll do that no and then you go on ebay and for 13 bucks you buy a battery but after 2015 ish this whole shift of planned obsolescence moved in with different storage options, non-user removable batteries. Oh, it's waterproof, so the device had to be completely sealed up. And everyone's like, okay, I'll just, I'll just buy another one. Oh, mine's dead. I'll trade it in. I'll buy another one. But you see what happened there. We yeah. went from being like, okay, $13 fix. I don't even need to go to a cell phone shop. 
where, where you go to a mall kiosk and like, you know, you got the guy with glasses sitting behind a really tall desk replacing, you know, iPhone screens. No, you didn't even have to go there. You literally go on eBay and for $14, 13 bucks, you buy a battery and it plugs in. You can't do that anymore. So with the older stuff, the DX, the Sony PRS 350, 650, all that, you can do that. But the newer stuff, you can't take the back off of a Kindle Basic and do it yourself without a great deal of issue. A lot of you guys out there are being like, oh, I'll just get my cell phone kit and get the little pry tool. And like, sure, if you're good at it, you can do it. But it's not foolproof anymore. And it requires sometimes melting the glue, melting the adhesive, taking it out, and sometimes doing wire work. So... Yeah, it definitely has gone from like being user removable to a certain degree to like there's no way you can touch it. And they're only they only last like two years now. Whereas I know people that still have their DX and it still works. So it's it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, all e-reader companies have started to Everyone. do that where they used to be able to be replaced, back plate easily comes off. Now it's like the yep. back plate is like grafted and they don't even, you know, resellers don't even sell batteries for any of the new generation stuff. Nope. It's only for the old generation stuff. Um, yeah, you can find. Oh, man, you're right. Yeah. Normal accessible marketplaces like eBay and Amazon won't have replacement batteries for the new stuff. What you'll have to do is, you see, it's not even worth it at this time. I want to change my Paperwhite 5 battery. You'll have to rip it open. You'll have to grab the actual, let me get something similar uh, from my desk. You'll have to grab something that looks like a battery, right? And you have to pull the flex cable and be like, oh, it's a BD2 port. And you have to go online and be like, okay, this is the exact same port. It's going to fit this exact same voltage and amperage. It becomes a process and it becomes a very technical one. And unless you know what you're talking about, a listing is never going to say Paperwhite 5 replacement battery for 10 bucks. It's not going to happen. So yeah, it's those days are gone. They definitely are. You're a technical one. You have been waiting what all of ten minutes to pull that out. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, man. I hope you stayed up all night thinking of that one. That was great. Um, that was great. Yeah, my face is red over here. Yeah. So and we my shirt. we've done other things like report on things like how many ebooks or manga titles can a Kindle hold, and you mm. know we look at it on his like things such as, you know, I. Kindle single is about a hundred pages, takes up one to two megabytes of storage. You know, PDF or textbook takes up a gig. Comicsology comic books are about a hundred megs. Audiobooks yep. like are between like a hundred megs and a gig. So it's like if you're thinking about buying a Kindle, like how much do you need? Because like you think about it if you get like the uh Kindle Basic or the entry level Kindle Paperwhite. They have eight gigs, but there's only six gigs available, you know, accounting for like the operating system and all the pre-installed yeah. features, which means yeah. they could hold about 3,000 books. Uh, whereas if you have the Paperwhite Signature Edition or Oasis, they have 32 gigs of storage, 30 gigs are available, but they could house 15,000 books. But, mm -hmm. you know, you have to take into account that how many books total could they they hold you know and things right. like that so we have stories like that on the first and second page of our website so if you have a kindle and you're interested in like little introspectives you can do that um there is some news about kobo if you guys are uh into that specific model uh kobo is going to be announcing a new e-reader next week 
Um, we haven't like signed an NDA, you know, they haven't sent us a review unit yet. So I could like talk about it. So here's everything that we know. Um, it retained FCC certification back in February and, um, component shortages, uh, e-paper uh -huh. shortages, you know, it yep. pretty well delayed it. So they're going to be announcing it. I think next week sometime. I don't know if it'll be available right away or whether they'll take pre-orders for it. I don't know. So, but I do know that the Cobol Claire HD2 will have a six inch Ian Carta 1200 display panel. So this will increase page turn speed by about 25% and overall yeah. performance of about 30% versus the Clara, uh, you know, HD, the first generation one. This will have obviously a 300 PPI screen, frontlit display, and candlelight color temperature system. Uh, it will also be using, and this is like, it hasn't been 100% confirmed, but the way that uh, a few like e-commerce websites that listed the product early. They said it was using the the comfort gaze, which was that new frontlet technology that Eek right. announced earlier in the year. It's made, meant to basically reduce like the the blue light toxic toxicity factor uh, by about sixty percent. So what that really means is that some frontlet displays look blue, you know, on their own, yeah. and this eliminates the blue hue. So you'll pretty well just get like a vibrant white sort of paper white uh kindle paper white experience um the full specs are not available yet but i do know that it'll have 16 gigs of storage it will have a usb-c port and it'll have bluetooth which means that uh this model will be able to access audiobooks from kobo and so you'll be able to buy and listen to either your existing like library of content that you've purchased in the past or make new purchases um yeah. one it'll be waterproof so the you know these are like all like the new things that it'll have. But one of the things that Kobo is going to be marketing very, very hard is that the construction material, which is made of 100% recycled plastic. That is the best thing ever. <laughs> That's what we need right now because... Obviously, I know we live in a society where we can't all walk around in burlap sacks with hemp shoes. I understand that. But it definitely needs to shift into stop using all these shells from a factory from a fresh spool of black number five plastic. It's just raw, brilliantly machine-made, brand-new plastic. We have to use more recyclables. We have to use more renewables. And for Kobo to do that, that's awesome. I hope a lot of people follow suit in that. Because I know people say recycling... Recycled plastic actually costs more than real plastic. It really it does. It does, yeah. It's so easy to just get a spool of red number five, and it's like, boom. I have red plastic all day long. But the amount of resources and materials it takes to um, recycle the plastic properly is uh, more money. But you're not depleting more than you've used. You're just recycling it, which I think it should be. You know, it should just should find ways to subsidize it and just find ways to better, you know, poly polymerize or whatever they do to the plastic to make it back into things where you can mold it again. Because, dude, you can't just keep dipping into a finite resource and be like, oh, yeah, plastic's infinite. Like, well, no, it's not. 
there's a lot of it, sure, but that's not helping anyone. You're just making more plastic. Man, we gotta like it's based on oil too. Like you know, like plastics made like most things. Like it is like even lipstick and chapstick are like made with like oil. You know, you you know that's why I kind of appreciate the uh, the what do you call the the E one note by Progress Technologies. It's made of all paper with a compressed card paper bezel with a paper backing and a paper hardcover book. It's all paper. Granted, we covered this in our OEM video where if you do things yourself and you build things from the ground up, it's very expensive. In fact, the E1 note with a manga set is going to run you like $900. So uh, I hope we get there one day where we don't just keep dishing out new plastic on everything. I really hope we do. Cobalt, this could very well, we could be part of history right now literally we could be like oh remember in 2022 when kobo made the recyclable e-reader this could be that this could be that moment legit so i, I hope it takes off i really do man uh yeah i mean i i yeah. hope so too i mean i i, I know that this is how Kobo is going to market it. Like they're going to, yeah, they in, in all of their marketing material, they're making a commercial for it. It's, it's pretty they well. Should. Uh, if you look at the Twitter page, it's even like they have like, um, something's coming or something and it's all plastic sort of material and stuff like that. Like on a beach. Yeah. 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 Uh, and actually, you know what? Again, sorry, man, I keep having all these examples because I play with so many units over here. Remember the croaky, that note-taking panel? Yeah, they're made of wood. Dude, the pen was wood, the body was wood, like the housing was wood. There was so much actual wood in there that there was so little plastic. But again, because you made it yourself, you're dealing with like a $299 little thing, whereas you could go on AliExpress and get a note taker e-ink panel for like you know 63 dollars so it just it comes down again to like us having to shift into a world where the renewables are more prioritized and everyone wants to get on board and maybe the price will come down at that point rather than there being one or two players doing it but it's nice to see all these companies like making out of paper making out of wood making out of recyclables like it's slowly happening more so than it ever has in our industry so that's good yeah i mean what i've noticed lately with all your unboxings is that instead of like um like a plastic bag around an e-reader yep. when you unbox it they're using wax paper now that's so cool when you have the wax paper on top of the actual unit in close proximity you can see right through it and it's paper you rip it, it goes and that's it it's paper it's it's translucent not transparent i think is the distinction so as you pull it away starts to get you know more fuzzy so what that's why they wrap it in this wax paper so it's protected it's new it's sealed you can put your little certification stickers on it um and when you're done with it even if you were to drop it on the ground it would degrade in a week versus plastic taking what 480 years or something yeah so yeah uh kindle uh, amazon devices even as of the latest release has not adopted that but dude uh hisense adopted that hanvon adopted that uh some people are putting things in like you know um uh recyclable like uh this kind of cotton blend of like you know um uh no plastics involved little baggies and stuff so it, it's cool to see that uh more people are adopting those rather than yeah just like you know plastic sheets which yeah it's just not doing even like anything. um you know how usb cables like they have normally yeah. twist ties or like they have the plastic or rubber sort of thing to keep it together now they're using like um like a cardboard type of thing where like you yeah. just like rip it and it 
you know, reveals itself. Yeah. So it's, it's good know. that like, you know, beyond just a, an e-reader made of plastic, there is a conscious effort in the e-paper industry for consumer products to try to get rid of plastic, you know, That's right. and some companies like even have like, you know, 100% recycled like box, you know, for their like their their unboxing type of thing. And they're using little to no plastic, even to hold like the the nibs, if they have replacement nibs and a nib removal tool, that's too like right. holding like wax paper. So it's 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 good to see that there's like a cumulative effort to make small changes at least with like retail packaging and i mean we don't really unbox the latest phones like the galaxy no, fold or phones, you know yeah. like i mean i do iphones but it's mainly like plastic stuff you know what i mean like um in most most consumer electronics that i buy there's there's more plastic than there is like recycled ma like material so i don't know if that's just the e-reader industry or if that's like a trend in the great i just don't know uh i hope it's uh i hope it's everywhere yeah the last thing i unboxed that was a um a device that wasn't an e-reader was my phone and i know they didn't give me a usb cable or a charger which is good and bad because as you have more devices, you start to have like, like I got six of those wall ports, you know, seven chargers. And it's like, do I need all those? And it's like, well, it's good to have them. Yeah, sure. But multiply that by hundreds of millions of people around the world that are doing the exact same thing. You have all this waste and all this added crap. I understand it's kind of shady to be like, there's no charger. Now you have to buy one. But I get it because I genuinely liked that I didn't get a cable or a charger because I don't need it. I don't need more plastic and more garbage and more components in my house than I already need. So uh, it's almost like they should ask you if you want one at no extra cost. That'd be nice because that's kind of what they're doing now. They either give it to you and you don't need it or you buy one later and they're getting more money. I don't know. I I, I just, yeah, I wish they just use less crap. <laughs> That's just what it comes down to, man. So just speaking of buying, buying less crap, more people are buying audio, like eBooks now than ever before. Um, Digital. Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed at least is that eBook prices are significantly higher now than they've ever been. So I was looking at like, it, from books from like major publishers and even boutique publishing houses and um the the price of an ebook is higher than the paperback yeah and sorry and and higher than like the um the hardcover so one thing that i've noticed is that you know why is this you know why why are suddenly ebook prices significantly higher well this didn't right. happen this didn't happen overnight um so amazon basically pioneered the concept of nine dollars and 99 cents for an ebook and they sort of did this from like day one of the kindle so you know from about 2007 to about like 2015-16 that 9.99 for an ebook was like this standard and that's like when most people started to buy e-readers because right. like you know already kobo had released a few generations amazon had released like seven you know different kindles by that time barnes and noble was like you know on their third or fourth model so i mean this wasn't so far long ago this was like what 2022 2015 like six yeah. years seven years um so 
what basically happened is you can thank Apple for ebook prices increasing because they wanted to release the iBook store as it was known at, at, at its time. And what he noticed was that all the retailers were basically price matching each other and losing money on ebook sales in order to drive adoption for their, their e-readers. So they basically, Steve Jobs met with the heads of all the, like the publishing companies and was like, yo, you need to create like a unified pricing structure. So instead of the ebook retailers determining the price and, you know, I mean, they didn't really determine the price. Publishers were like, this is like the, you know, the the general MSRP. But a lot of companies would take the loss on ebooks in order to sell more e-readers or to, to get more apps downloaded to read ebooks and things like that. So Steve Jobs basically colluded with all the publishers and <laughs> created a uniform pricing structure, which was basically a, a cartel. You know, they all came together and were like, yo, we're going to basically charge this amount for new like ebooks and, you know, re retailers will have to charge this amount and cannot discount it anymore. So basically because of this, uh, this formed like a multi-year saga with the U.S. Justice Department versus Apple and all the publishers. So uh, all the publishers settled for roughly about $166 million. And mm -hmm. Apple was forced to pay $450 million in 2016. But that basically like laid the groundwork for what's known as like agency pricing. So... You know, agency pricing is where publishers determine the cost of the ebook. So when you go to Amazon now or you go to like your favorite ebook retailer, it often says price determined by publisher. And mm -hmm. that's that's sort of like a relatively like new thing. So basically <clears throat> overnight prices on ebooks pretty well doubled in some cases or tripled. So instead of nine ninety nine a book, it's pretty common to get a new ebook from the latest James Patterson or uh, Lisa Gardner or like, you know, Stephen King for like $19 for the ebook. And when the, when, you know, the paperback comes out, the ebook price doesn't, doesn't go down. You know what I mean? Like e the ebook price of what it is today is often the ebook price 10 years from now, you know? Uh, so they, they don't really lower prices or put ebooks on sale very often. Sometimes right. they say an ebook's on sale, but they'll say the MSRP of the ebook is $29.99, but we have it on sale today for $19.99, you know? So it's sort of like artificially giving like a price promotion. So. Well, I mean, I know nothing's free so people say it's an ebook it doesn't exist it's digital it's intangible it should be free no there's a lot of work there's a lot of people there's and a lot of resources a lot of electricity i mean crypto mining uses tons of electricity so like there's still a lot of electricity and and resources and energy and people and manpower and and woman power alike to create an ebook it seems a little silly that you're getting something that doesn't really exist. It's just ones and zeros versus a tangible book that you can trade, that you can lend to your friend, that you could sell after at a at a at a like a farmer's market. It just seems weird how they should be anywhere close to a real product. 
but this in the same way where you need to stamp the paper and bind the book and ship it and package it a lot of that is going on behind the scenes with digital things as well people still need to program people still need to do qc quality control people still need to make the digital thing yeah so, they have to do like the metadata for like yeah, the table of contents so when you click on something it's supposed to go to this page or the cover the ebook cover art so it looks as good as on a, on a kindle as it does a smartphone you know That's so right. it, it's responsive you know there, there's and a lot of things that go into tons an ebook and, and uh, some people were like audiobooks should be free i remember when i had to buy tapes and they cost me this much and you know i put them in my car and i drive well I don't know if you guys notice now, but audiobooks are almost always read by some famous guy. <laughs> so what that means is that these guys go in and they they book a lot of money worth of studio time and their time isn't free. And then you got mixers and directors and script supervisors and editors and and like it there's so much that goes into making all this digital stuff now that it really can't be as low as people are thinking it should be. And I'm not an advocate for saying that digital stuff should be, you know, expensive or not. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just laying out the facts. That's the reality of it is that there's more. It's not just beep, boop, boop, copy, paste, done. No, a lot went into it. Really I think did. audiobooks have always been expensive. Like, That's even right. if you get the CDs, like the <laughs> <Yes>. tapes, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? The it's CDs. like they, they've always cost like 39, they 40 have. bucks or whatever. Yeah. But like, I know publishers are really bullish on audiobooks now, which is like when you go to, um, you know, like Audible or uh, like Apple Books or Google Audiobooks, like you'll notice that almost as soon as like the, the hardcover comes out, the audio edition comes out and i mean audiobooks I've, I've talked to a lot of publishers and it's like you know they spend significantly more money because it's like billable hours for like yeah. engineers uh yeah. some of them have their own studios but a lot of like them just like they they only have maybe two or three but you know that's at a time you know so they have they have to like contract out studios to like even get more things out because you know like uh for big name titles like the the upcoming Mo uh, Michelle Obama like her second book you know she's the one that's going to be in the publisher's A room with like their A staff you know what i mean so yeah. you know they're going to sort of like push like someone else that's like a lesser known person to like the other room and then contract out to like you know somebody else but yeah i mean most of the times audiobooks the the quality and the um you know, the bit rate and everything has dramatically increased like in the past three or four years. So it's like you're you're getting tremendous quality, but the costs keep going up, you know, to, to get that, that quality. So, I mean, I recognize that. And that's why I haven't really written about the audiobook cost because it's just always been expensive. I mean, even when the analog days, whereas like physical books, like a hardcover or even like, you know, like... um. When a hardcover book first comes out, it's usually MSRP. But if you could wait a week and go to like a bookstore, it's usually like a 25% off sticker, like a week later. So you're paying like 25% less for like the hardcover book because they want to just like sell whatever they bought. Because yeah. like uh, hardcovers and paperbacks are like a finite supply. And if bookstores can't sell it, they return it to the publisher but they, uh, you know, as as like unsold goods, but they only get like 
a little bit of that money back. They don't get like the full refund. They only get like a little bit back. So bookstores are becoming more smarter and only stocking like stuff that'll sell now. And Barnes and Noble's doing that right now. Like, so if you guys have been in a Barnes and Noble store, like in a time in like the past year, they're buying patterns have changed there was like um like a couple of years ago bar all barnes and noble stores were pretty well like they looked the same the way that they promoted the books um you know when you you know the books that at the front of the store the books that were easy to see publishers would pay barnes and noble money to showcase their books front and center and right. a lot of the barnes and noble bookstores almost all of them they're book type like the books that they sold were like mandated from like the the new york so new york is like where the barnes and noble like headquarters is so when you know james daunt and barnes and noble went private like like last year or maybe like the year before um it was recent that whole mentality has changed where bookstores now could basically choose what books that they want to promote so the barnes noble is losing more money now because publishers aren't like giving them lots of money now to promote specific books and barnes noble fired most of their book buyers because they're giving like the bookstores they're they're basically the barnes and noble stores are basically acting as almost independent stores now so like management is like okay we want these books these type of books sell more here so we'll order more of these we'll showcase these you know like if you live in chicago you know you're the books that you're going to stock uh, say like in suburban Chicago are going to be quite different from the books that you stock mm-hmm. in like downtown, like San Francisco. You know what I mean? It's just like local flavors and like local sensibilities. Like, you know, self-help books may be popular in one market, but they might not be like popular one state away or even just like in another city, like in the same state. So that has definitely changed. But Talking more about ebooks, you know, now that the price has gone up, are people paying? Will you know? Are people paying more and happy to pay more because of convenience? Because like I know that I've bought books in my boxer shorts laying in bed at night. You know, I know that when I pre-ordered a book, it's delivered to like my Kindle at twelve. You know, twelve midnight. Whereas a you know, if I buy it on Amazon, is delivered like the next day, or I have to go to physically a bookstore and buy it as it comes out. Whereas with an ebook, it's yeah. convenience. You know, like the day of a pre-order, it comes out. Or you know, if I want to buy an ebook, it's instantly delivered. Whereas with a print book, you know, I have to like wait for it to ship. Or I have to go to like physical bookstore and go and get it. So you know, ebooks do have that convenience factor, and yeah, I think you said both though. So like, I think we're getting a little bit of a big head, us uh, all of us, where we're like, oh my god, my book isn't shipping same day. This is the worst day ever. I gotta wait till tomorrow. Oh my god, like we used to use carrier pigeons. I know that's not a reality now, but you know what I mean? People are bitching, complaining that their, that their grocery order is 20 minutes late. It's like, well, just relax a little bit. I get it, though. People have that mentality where we're spoiled by, like, Amazon shipping and same-day shipping. And, like, do you really mind waiting a little bit of extra time to get a physical book? But, yeah, you can't beat digital and its instant transmission. I mean, if I want a Switch game... I can press a button on a glass screen and it's on my thing. I can play it. 
Whereas if I want a physical game, I need to wait a day, maybe two days, depending on my area, depending on what platform I purchased on, you know, Amazon, eBay, whatever. Yeah, I think we are a little bit spoiled, but um, digital is just quicker. And if you're reading on an e-reader, doesn't matter that you're going to, like my mom just said, actually, right now on chat, I got new lenses. And, oh, she said something about her eyeballs. She got like new uh, lenses and stuff like that. But like a lot of people are saying like they don't want to read digital because it hurts their eyes. Well, on an e-reader, it doesn't hurt your eyes. I don't know if you guys know that about e-paper and then welcome to the channel if you don't. But e-paper um, transmits the exact way a piece of paper does. It doesn't hurt your eyes, doesn't affect your eyes, doesn't do anything. If looking at a piece of paper hurts your eyes, then yeah, an e-reader is going to hurt your eyes because it's digital paper. But uh, it's not like watching this feed right now on your phone on your computer on your tv uh that'll you know strain your eyes ebooks and e-readers don't so it's not even a matter of eye strain it's a matter of how how much how long can you wait to get your book really okay here's a, another talking point digital books don't suffer the same wear and terror as print well yeah they don't suffer any tear they would only suffer as much as your battery or screen can put up with uh yeah they don't well technically mike there is data loss so after 10 years you know you might get little glitches on the screen but yeah no i know what you mean they don't have anywhere tear at all but but you can't get yourself a a first edition uh i don't know moby dick and sell it at a pawn shop if it's digital eh? Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> to be honest, I, I buy more print than I do ebooks. You know, oh, nice. like I, I well, let's put I, that up as a poll. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I I bought I have first editions. Like that's like why I buy a lot of print. Is that you know, if I really like an author, I'll buy their first book, like first printing, like at the time but i'll even go back you know and, and buy one before it becomes valuable you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, i have a no, first edition true. harry potter and uh what was it it wasn't like the it was like the philosopher's stone uh yeah. so it was like the uk first edition so um yeah i mean you know some some books i i like collecting at but you know for more pulpy books like sci-fi fantasy i will tend to buy on e-readers but for more fiction like for not for more non-fiction type of books or yeah. books that i want to collect i'll buy the physical copy just because i can when i'm done i can lend them out to friends you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. a lot of my that they always have a future, physical things, physical games, physical yep. books, physical movies. They have a future. They can be sold. They, you can recoup some of your costs. You can borrow them. You can uh, you lend them out. You can donate them. Um, it, there's, there's a lot of my little libraries around my neighborhood where it's like. Yeah, those book things. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look yeah. like almost like old birdhouses where like you open it up and you could just put old books in there and people will like read them and take them and you can That's read right. and take them free of charge. But like, yeah, in my neighborhood, it's almost like every block somebody has like a free library thing in That's front of right. their house. That's uh, the way it should be, I think, is that, you know, you, you can't just. You know, you can say, oh, I recycle my book properly. But, you know, that, again, takes resources and energy and all that crap. But, yeah, those little book, uh, book stands, I don't know, you know, like some I've seen one actually in, uh, uh, in Vancouver in my neighborhood where some guy did a shed right next to the sidewalk but on his property. And it's like you open it up and you can walk one and a half steps in and there's like two makeshift wood racks on either side that – there's just all these books and it's like, wow, that's going above and beyond. Yeah. I think it's on like, 
It's on like Nanaimo and, and, and like Kitchener or something like that. Yeah, it's in the Vancouver East Side area. They have this just just dude just made like a garden shed filled with books. It's pretty crazy, but yeah. Uh, let's move on to some of the things that uh, we reviewed recently because we talked a lot about books. Um, we didn't review a whole lot. Uh, we did the High Read Gaze, which actually um, Michael has uh, and his team has been talking to High Read for some time. And um, they were a little bit hesitant to expand into the international market because they're mostly Taiwanese. But uh, they did and they sent us some samples and we're now an official vendor of theirs and uh, a distribution partner. And uh, we reviewed the High Read Gaze Note Plus, And these guys have a full line. They got six units and a color unit on, in their lineup. They're pretty good. What they've done is they actually use the old Boyu stuff that they're no longer using, and they decked them out with better processors, better RAM, better stats, more refined, better Android, Android 11, and they're like all revived. So like if you want the Aries, if you want the Alita, they're all back and out of the no out of nowhere. It's awesome actually, and they perform pretty well. Um, they're fast. They're 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 Android. They're uh, they're capable. They're like very 2020 feeling. They've really done their homework when it came to the software um high sense and uh, you'll find this interesting mike uh, the high sense light which is the high sense touch body which is the hi-fi music player they got rid of the hi-fi <laughs> so the only reason you were buying the touch was because it was this hi-fi digital music player and they made this light version that they just got rid of all this stuff they have the storage they got rid of the camera they got rid of the hi-fi chips so now it's just this weird phone thing that you can't use as a phone. Well, it looks like a phone, but it's like, you know, it's yeah, it's, know. it's supposed to be like sort of like the the Xiaomi like uh ink palm. Yeah, ink palm, you know, where yeah. it's like they're they're these mini e-readers that are supposed to like kind of look like a phone, but it's mainly so they're easily fits in your pocket. You know, it fits well, in your yeah. bo- your back pocket, easily fits in your purse or, or bag or something like that. Like more so than a 10.3 inch e-reader or a 13.3 or even a 7.8 inch e-reader. Yeah. Like those won't fit in your front pocket like a phone will. You know, so right. they won't. I, yeah. I think and that's it's pretty thin. I think that's why like high sense at least have just they have all these candy bar style like either phones <laughs> or yeah. like hi-fi music players or an e-reader because like they fit in your pocket really easy you know i i just feel like they didn't need to do the light because you've just described everything they did on the high sense high reader which is a dedicated e-reader their first e-reader in fact and it's a candy bar dedicated ebook reader and they already had the touch and they already had the touch museum edition. So why did you shave off 20 something dollars? It was $35. $35. But I mean, table? yeah, it's like if they, if they had it at like a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. It would be right there. It, it would be awesome. Or yeah, like because- if it was like even like $80 cheaper, but like $30 cheaper, it's like, there's not enough savings That's to right. get like a diminished return. And There's not enough meat to say, I don't need a camera anymore. I don't need half the storage, which actually out of the 64, you only get 49, I think. And it, it, it's boasted as a, a, high, a hi-fi music player. That was their massive marketing campaign that they had because uh, uh, Hisense dabbles in everything. They dabble in stereo receivers, speakers, car audio, TVs, refrigerators. So they were like, they were bringing a lot of these like ES9116 chips or something and putting them on the device and they had symmetrical speakers and they got rid of all of that 
on the light. And it just, it felt like he didn't need it there, especially because the last three releases of phones they did, they did e-reader black and white color, e-reader black and white color, e-reader black and white color. They did that three times in a row and they skipped it over the last two generations. And I'm starting to think it has something to do with the component shortages and the chip shortages because nobody has done any color in like 10 months other well, than big me that's no one's been doing color no one's well, done any color it's because like the e8 collider 3 the the panels like aren't even made yet that's what i mean there's there's these shortages and logistics issues and like the 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 collido uh, th- uh plus 13.3 inch panels are a thing and no one's using them. No one's buying them. No one's building them. No one's because they're doing... not like they're not ready. Like I know, but I mean they're like they're at trade shows and they're they're working. You know what I mean? But like, well, no yeah. One's... I mean they have like like I know that E Ink has sent Onyx and they've sent like to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and you know um, everybody who's used Kaleido two or Kaleido one has received Kaleido three development kits. From oh, for Ian. sure. Absolutely. So they could like test like, you know, their OS, they could, you know, see like if they have more colors so they could, you know, for their E notes, they maybe, you know, in the past for say Kaleido plus did 17 colors. Well, Hey, you know, maybe we can double that with Kaleido three and have like a true color palette, like yeah. Photoshop does or something. But you know, uh, the pan, you know, if someone's like, you know, say Peter, you want to do a Kaleido three like product. Uh, we'd like to order half a million Collider 3 displays. Okay, it won't be ready to fall 2023. There you go. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like E-Ink yeah. just doesn't have the manufacturing capabilities right. right now to make Collider 3 displays. They're they're making – their priority right now is like price tags for like shopping places, uh, yeah. black and white e-readers, Collider 2 – and Collider 3, like, isn't even, like, really something they're even thinking about right now. No. It, it, I'm, I'm looking back on our on our little portfolio here. N- other than a trade show release that we went to in Taiwan, no one is dabbling in color. It just, it's been, it's been so long. We had this 12-month rush of color. We're like... Seven manufacturers were in on color, making multiple units. And now in so long, people have either just rehashed what they already had um, or just not done any color whatsoever. So like even Hisense has shown this is that they've done a color variant of everything they've ever made up until the high reader. Then they're like, color variant? No, we're going to do three Hisense touches. It's like, oh, my God. So no one's doing no one's doing color right now. And yeah, there's a myriad of issues. It's manufacturing, there's delays, there's a rising cost of energy and like manpower and like, you know, people want money, everything. Like, you know, I think like one of the the, the largest freshwater like lakes in China is like dry. It like, it evaporated. And you know what I mean? To make consumer electronics, you need water. You know what I mean? You know how many liters of water it takes to make a t-shirt? look that up when you have a second oh my god yeah man and uh, i'm looking at like the rates on the wall here of my home office and yeah like shipping rates went up i mean it, like astronomically like 40 percent in some markets 40 percent shipping you can't imagine people like manufacturers that need that have all these contracts that like 
they need to ship, you know, a thousand units to this guy and 4,000 units to this guy. And like, oh, I have to use boat. Oh, the boat's, you know, sideways in the canal or I'll do an airplane. Oh, wow. It's that much more for gas now and energy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'll carry it on my raft. Like it's just every measurable facet of the industry is has gotten more expensive and then of course when it comes down to the end consumer everyone's gonna bitch and complain about how expensive it is oh i shouldn't have to pay 30 dollars more it's like do you have any idea how <laughs> how much it's become in like the source like you're lucky it's only 30 dollars more that kind of thing so that's why and and so many other reasons right now that just no one's doing color nobody yeah uh, i mean Kyrie has for color, the... but I, I don't know where they got that from the for Hyrie the gaze has a color uh it's coming out like October. Yeah, they, they they grabbed a panel from someone and they grabbed a shell from something, but we don't know what the actual final product is going to be aside from some photos. When we get it, we'll see it, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what that's going to actually feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, when people are like, why is gas so expensive? The easiest answer is inflation. Or like, yeah. you know, why is like the upcoming iPhone, like, you know, like 14 series going to cost like 50 to $100 more? People say inflation. Because it's like an easy word that most people have heard before. So like, oh, you know, it's like, it's because of rising costs. But it's like, people don't really get a grasp on what inflation really is. And it's not inflation. It's just like the rising costs of some consumer goods due to scarcity, you know, scarcity of water, scarcity of like this scarcity of that, you know, it's not inflation. It's because things are scarce right now. You know, COVID is still a thing in like uh, China oh, and like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, even Japan, like basically the, 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 the Pan Pacific area, you know, like the Philippines and all those countries. It's like a lot of them still have there's hundreds or thousands of people dying a day because of COVID still, you know. Um, well, that everywhere in the world. Yeah. It's most just, most, know, most people place- have just said, like, I don't care anymore. And then they just get on with life. And uh, a couple countries like Thailand have downgraded it to just a flu. They're like, forget it. We just have to get on with this. It's a flu now. And everybody's like, oh, okay. So they've changed the stigma. But yeah, uh, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm basically talking to it in the respects of like most of the manufacturing still happens oh, in dude, China. Yeah. And like oh, they'll, they'll shut down entire cities or provinces because they have like a zero COVID like yep. uh, case. So it's like I remember like when it first started happening, they would like lock people into their apartments by hammering like their doors yeah, yeah. shut. You know they what I mean? fences they built. They had like 10 foot fences like a foot away from your house just put right up so they could like corral you into places that you were only allowed to go it was pretty crazy yeah so i mean you know because of like the world's manufacturing happens there and a lot of like the world's precious like like metals that go into the construction of consumer electronics because there's not there's not you know not enough people mining it now um there's there's power outages still there's water like you know things so you know because of so many you know, so many things are made of Foxconn. So many things are made like at these like big Chinese factories that due to scarcity, prices go up, you know. So instead of just saying inflation, you know, that's that's sort of like a wider context of why things have like gone up um, in terms and of gas yeah. and things like yeah. that. It's basically like, you know, there's less natural gas coming from like big markets yeah, supply and demand they just have to charge more we've seen like you know there's gas stations in our province bc that are like we're out of gas and then the one down the street's like 230 a liter it's like 
damn, <laughs> that's yeah. just not good. But yeah, you know, that's why we've seen a lot of manufacturers white label things. White labeling is rather green in the grand scheme of things. High Read white labeled their entire lineup from old Boyu stuff. That's a good thing. Alteric Note from Itochu, Japan, white labeled the DPT soft uh, hardware. And Dasung did that as well because they don't want to make something brand new from the ground up because they can't. There's not, like Mike said, the scarcity of everything that goes into making something is like, oh, wow, that's, what's gonna that's what it's going to take to make this? Oh, but there's like 10,000 shells of the Alita and the Ares. I'll just grab that. And that's what they do. And that's yeah, why we've seen totally. so much white labeling in the past 9 to 16 months than we've ever seen in a long time. High Read is entirely based off of a white label brand. That's what they are. I'm not saying that negatively. I think it's a good thing to put your own spin on something. And that's why I think that's what Hisense did is they're like, well, we need to make something new. We can't make something new, so let's make something new by just changing the thing we have. And it's kind of good that they didn't cast new shells and waste more water to cut more aluminum, you know. And uh, it's there's so much white labeling going on. Right well, now. It's, it's mainly it. because that these are like small companies, and they don't have well, like too. they don't have the ten million dollars to like take the risk to make one e-reader line and to order five hundred thousand of them, which is what it costs right. to to do something. And, and have a reputable yeah. company make it, you know? So I don't have anything against, like, high-read, like, weight labeling it. To me, they're, they're, they're their own independent entity. They've done all their software. It's like, yeah. for better or for worse, what um, Dasung did with the A4. They just took, yeah, like, the DPT-RP1, yeah. literally the entire hardware, and they just changed the software. And and Dasung is a uh, um, uh, a uh, a piece of evidence that goes against what you just said of them being a small company. High Read is a small company, so they can't do the ten million dollar. Uh, you know, uh, they don't have the, the the revenue to get that going. But Dasung makes everything in house. They make everything from the ground up, and even they white labeled to well, continue on. Making they will things. crowdfund all their products first. They do, which is really kind of I, I didn't know why all these until we did it with with big me i never understood the draw of crowdfunding when you didn't really need to some people need to but uh it's just because it's an all-in-one platform kind of like ebay you know everyone picks up on things that are on kickstarter whereas if you sold it yourself you'd have to like sign up with a credit card processor sign up with an advertisement agency sign up with you know all this stuff whereas like if you deal with kickstarter or ebay or amazon everything's just kind of centralized and it's all just one facilitating body. So that's a benefit of doing that. But uh, yeah, Dasung's crowdfunded a bunch of times. Yeah, um, they, they've done it with like almost everything. They're not a yeah. reader. Also, to, like, a their... lot of these guys don't have sites. So yeah, so know, it's like that's their place to sell it. That's their go to market strategy for like yeah. a lot of companies is to crowdfund. Like, and, um, and they like they list things on Taobao and Baidu and stuff. And then they go to North America and Europe and they're like, you can buy it on Taobao. And everyone's like, the hell is Taobao? <laughs> Not belittling Taobao, but it exists within the realm of China. Yuku and Taobao and JD and all that's just China's internet world because they don't have YouTube and, and Instagram and Facebook and Google in China. But then they try to expand internationally and they're like, buy it on Taobao. And no one in Denmark knows what the hell Taobao is. But everyone knows Kickstarter and everyone is doing Indiegogo and everyone knows, you know, Shopify. So, yeah, it's just ways that they sell it that they don't know any other way to sell it. So um, that's kind of why they do that. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, there hasn't been too much that we actually reviewed outside of High Reader and High Sense in the past couple days. Uh, we've still been cracking away at our own uh, in-house project. We're trying to expand our brand. Um, and uh, we teamed up with Big Me, if you guys didn't know, to make a Goody Reader Big Me ink note color. It's a basically a fully loaded device. There's nothing missing. There's really nothing missing other than it being waterproof. So yeah, I everything mean, at the wall. It, it's yeah, it's basically a, a 10.3 inch digital note taking device using the latest uh, e-ink color like e-paper technology. It, yeah. It's the first device that actually has two cameras, so you could like take selfies, you can take pictures, you can chat like on WhatsApp or or Facebook Messenger and actually see the person um, and see yourself. But I the cameras have OCR capabilities so you could take a picture of a document and it will yep. convert that document to pure text which you could like save or you could like edit and make changes and annotations and stuff like that so you you know it basically saves as a picture but it also saves it as pure text as well so you could edit either one or both of them with like a split screen view so google play android 11 um you can draw in with like 17 different colors everything from like freehand drawing to uh annotating, annotating pdf documents or ebooks or you know comics or whatever so you know it's basically geared towards two different types of people the professionals that want to replace paper like in their office and actually need color so they could like look at documentations or schematics yep. or if you're an architectural firm you need to see you know you need to see things in colors like the blues for like you know windows and and you know blacks for walls and you know reds for changes that you have to make you know so you need like an ne note and one of the advantages of, of a product like ours versus say like an ipad or a samsung galaxy fold or you know um, all these types of tablets on the market is that you'll get maybe two days out of your iPad if you're using it a lot, whereas you'll get like 30 days out of our product because it's using e-paper. That's right. I said I would. Uh, I said I would do that. That's a good point. Thank you for reminding me. I was gonna do a battery test of the uh, Ink Note. I got it right here. Um, so we are at 33% of daily use. And when did I do the live showcase on it? Because that's when I started the battery. Remember, everybody, I did the live showcase of the Ink Note live on August 19th. So we are uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 days in of daily use, and we're at 32% right here. That's pretty good, seeing that you have to charge your iPad every day. <laughs> so that's pretty good, man. Like, And we've done videos on this, haven't charged it since. Uh, we've done like, and Wi-Fi is constantly connected right there. 32% uh, in 10 days. So we, we dropped 60% in 10 days of using it every day, not just standby. So yeah, that's that's a testament. So I, I you know, get another maybe five or six days before, oh, oh, worry me. I got to throw it on charger for 35 minutes. Yeah. You know so, I mean? so that's the beauty of it is that you got everything on here and you, you plump it on a, a quick charger for 30 minutes and you're 100 percent. You're good for the month effectively. So, yeah. So if you look at this Ooh. YouTube video, uh, if you're like on watching this via YouTube in the description, you can actually click on like the it, 
the big yeah. me uh ink uh, note color and uh go to like a, a new site that we set up to sell it and it's available on all of our like retail channels so you could order it at goodybeater.com and click on our store and um you know you can order the 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 big me ink note color from us directly um michael how could you do such a shameless pitch yeah. On live. Yeah, well, I mean, um, yeah, well, it's it's six ninety nine, and um, yeah, you can just like order it. It ships like October fifteenth, so yep. you don't really have to like wait that long. Whether you supported the Kickstarter nope. campaign or if you buy from us now, it'll, it'll generally ship like middle of October, which is like just like a month and a half away. That's right. Oh, you know, we we wanted to be legit on uh in in our review on this one, so. We reviewed it ourselves. Of course, we had to. We sat around the table. We did a Zoom call with Mike and his team in Canada, and we're just like, you know, we got to, we got to review it. We can't not, but we'll show it mostly. We didn't say whether it was bad or good because we actually did send off, I think, seven or eight samples to across the world. And actually, if you Google right now, Ink Note Color, you will find Android Police, Gizmodo, and Lily Puting have already gotten around to their reviews, and they're all within two days if not actually lilliputing just put it up today so we sent out samples to a lot of people um and uh we're still sending out samples because it wasn't fair to just say this is goody reader big me's let's review it in house it's the best thing ever that's not no we may have done that when we were like a ma and pa operation effectively back in like 2012 but no we know that you know we need we need actual people and actual review outlets that are a hundred times yeah, third parties us. with like no of affiliation course. just we blindly shipped it we said here we hope you enjoy it please do an ota over the air update and so far the reviews are in and it's four stars across the board five stars and uh we feel we did a good collaboration i mean michael did extensive talks with big me to you know put his um stylistic opinions towards it and you know they design stuff around there they're sending us samples here in japan and we were like oh oh wait why i can just do that for real oh yeah you know this should go there and that should be so like you know there was a lot of back and forth over a great deal of time and we landed on something that i think is a definite wear uh and really the only downside i can see is like the camera is 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 the going the going word on the street right now is that the camera's not as good as what we're all used to that's like you know it's a little bit fuzzy and all that is because it's on an e-reader and it's meant for document scanning and just like zoom calls it's not meant for like you know 4k video that's not what we built it for and um that it's a little bit heavy because we threw everything at it this is not a quaderno that is devoid of features this is every feature in the book so yeah it's heavy uh the camera's not up to your your smart your your iphone 13 sorry but it's a it's a pretty good unit it really is and we're speaking for ourselves but also speaking for the reviewers that have reviewed it over the past five days which i think you know we did a good job so good job mike and this isn't like our last collaboration either we're no working on a collaboration with a few different companies right now um we've been working with barnes and noble for a while if you our nook buyer and if you go to like any of the their e-reader product listings like our videos are on there now so yep. barnes and noble you know we have like a, a, a sort of a youtube agreement with barnes and noble now where um if you go to like the nook Light 4 the the 4e the the pink uh limited edition uh you'll notice our unboxing videos there so uh, right. they're, they're hosting them on our youtube channel on the barnes and noble youtube channel but you know it's you know, Peter or myself in the videos and they're all watermarked and everything. So, you know, it's just, 
we're, we're working more with companies now to like expand our brand because I think yeah. it's just like important to, I don't know, to get our name out there like a little bit more through like people that we've been talking about for years. But yeah, we're working with some startups. We're actually going to be releasing a series of products that we've developed in house. So we can't really talk to you about what we're going to be releasing. But by the end of the year, we should have at least one or two new products that we're going to release that are non-conventional. Yeah, we, we uh, with, yeah, I don't want to say anything at all, really. But uh, we, we've always dabbled in in-house stuff. Like, you know, we, we started off small. We did like uh, a pen design with um, a company overseas. And we landed on kind of a, you know, nice premium mid-grade pen. We've still been selling that for a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into some more stuff. And, you know, over the next maybe four months, you might see something cool. But, uh, yeah, right now the Ink Note is um, here to here to stay and here to, you know, pave the way. And I think we landed at a good time because, again, no one's doing color, man. I mean, really, the only guys doing color are high read. And I don't know what they're going to do with that and us. And, um, you know, it was weird that we saw that Sony color DPT shell at that trade show, you know, and that was like the talk of the town and one of our best videos we've ever done. And no one, no one jumped on it. You know what I mean? Like, well, no Onyx really... did like what the Nova air color. No, but I'm talking about the actual 10.3 Kaleido plus with the DPT body. You know oh, what I mean? Like the yeah. one we saw. Yeah. Like I was just so surprised that it was there. It was like the big thing, man. And I think, you know, what, what did our, uh, you know, for us, we're not a 10 million subscriber channel, but that video, I think we got like half a million views on it. And yeah, it was weird how like nobody ended up grabbing that shell. It was at the tail end of when things started to get really bad with the energy crisis and like, you know, the component shortages and it just hit at the wrong time, I guess. But, um, Itochu grabbed the shells, you know, um, uh, what do you call, uh, Dasun grabbed some shells here and there, but mostly just black and white stuff, business as usual, but, um, who knows what we're going to see in the next, uh, couple months, but you'll, you'll know when we know, because when we know we'll do videos and then you'll know. So that's the answer to that question. Yeah. We're going to be like reviewing the new, uh, Tolino Epos 3. Um, I believe it's getting sent out to us. So this is something that was just announced, like, um, like last week, like last Thursday, uh, it's basically, uh, Tolino German company. They released the Epos three, you know, in in Belgium and Switzerland and, you know, uh, German speaking countries. Uh, it's an eight inch screen using the new ink card, 1200 display panel. Um, you, it's around 279 euros. It's basically the same as the Kobo Sage, except it doesn't have any note-taking functionality and Bluetooth's turned off, so you can't listen to audiobooks because Tolino doesn't sell audiobooks. And they, I guess they probably just don't want to confuse their users with like a note-taking type of thing. So it's it's pretty well yeah. like the same specs. You know what I mean? It's like 300 PPI. It's like eight inches. Uh, quad core processor, one gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of internal storage. It'll hold about 24,000 ebooks. Um, it will, you know, for the UI, it supports English, German, French, Italian, Dutch, and like that's about it. So, I mean, it it's relevant to people who speak English. Um, 
And for people either learning German as like a second language or if you're a German expat, like your yep. grandparents were from Germany, your mom and you, you, you know, you've heard the language all your life. It's, it's a good way that you could like read a book and, and, and slowly start to like learn it. But if you speak German and you don't if, if you don't live in Germany, um, you know, this is like a way that you can actually get the product shipped to you and, you know, German bookstore. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I think that's going to be interesting that <clears throat> the latest Tolino, Tolino is based off of the Kobo stuff because they all they're made from the same place, but it's not going to have. Well, I can say stuff about it, right, Mike? This is the Epos Four. I can talk the, about it, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I got to check with you, man. You're the guy that like signs the NDA, so okay. Um, it's interesting how the Sage has note taking. This is based on the Sage, but it doesn't have note taking because it's Android. But I'm I'm almost wondering like if physically the note taking digitizer is still there or not. Like, did they physically remove it? Or are they just blocking it with software and they're like, nope, there's nothing you can do. You'll never be able to activate it with a pen. I'm gonna try the Kobo pen when we get it, man. I'm just gonna be poking away at it, see if it works, cause or like install a third party app via Android and it'll be like take notes on you know i don't think you can install third-party apps with Tolino. oh you just wait no you're probably right i I'll, mean they tolino has been running android from day one it's like barnes I and know. noble all their e-readers run android but and they're blocked yeah it's like you have to like root it and it, yeah. you have to do it through like adp and stuff like that but you you know you have to actually like have like someone write a hack for it but yeah e-readers are so fringy that there's no point in like writing a hack if only like ten thousand people will ever use it and uh, you've seen in the past where someone was like, <laughs> three years after its creation, it's like, yes, I finally am able to play Flappy Bird on on my Nook Glowlight. Isn't anyone interested? Uh, no one cares because nobody cares. It's like, no one cares. So, um, yeah, there's enough note-taking Android 11 e-ink tablets out there that no one's going to be rooting a Tolino anytime soon. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see a Sage that isn't a sage you know what i mean like that's so interesting to think about it's that this note-taking thing from kobo it's like suddenly you can't take notes and it's like Arr! well it's a large <laughs> screen e-reader you know, know. like it's an that's eight inch e-reader i mean it is. that is pretty compelling like for people that like want the latest gen e and carta technology black and white razor sharp fonts you know what i mean like it, it's like People who buy the Paperwhite Signature Edition, 6.8 inches, basically 7 inches, and, like, the yeah. Kobo Sage, which is, like, a lot of people who, who've, like, accused the Kobo Sage as, like, having kind of crappy software, but the Tolino version is running Android, so you kind of, like, don't get the Linux version of Kobo. You get, like, all the benefits of the design, but, like, with an Android, like, system that Tolino has made. So... You might get like a better, more stable experience there. I mean, not to like knock Kobo. I mean, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, Kobo, honestly, to be completely honest, has never done anything wrong except for the Nia. That's the only and thing. And their customer looking... service. <laughs> you ever try to like I did. talk to customer service and like I you did. just like it's terrible. It's Dude, like I've had people that. Uh, I remember back in the day before we made our hires and we had offices when I did customer service, I would have people call us and email us. And they're like, so I called Kobo and they didn't answer. Can you guys help me? And we had to facilitate 
you know, the RMA, the return, the tech support. And it's like, wait a minute, why are we doing all this? It's because they don't pick up. But in terms of I'm talking about physical, you're right. But in terms of talking about physical releases, they really have never done a lot wrong. Even the Vox, which you would argue is kind of crappy, it was done at the time when people were doing that kind of thing. The Fire, the, the Nook HD. So that in and of itself isn't really wrong. Yeah, e-reader companies doing tablets. And I mean, the yeah. only person that's really kind of made it a success is the Fire. They're yeah, still doing it I mean, today. That was still done at a time when it was right to do that, is what I'm saying. But yeah. like when they released the Nia, that was so uncharacteristic and out of place, it just made me doubt everything. I was like, why is this here? What did what did, who decided to do this? It I think they actually white labeled an existing design for that. I think they did because everything up until then was made in Taiwan and then boom you had this thing that was out of place, out of character, out of nowhere, with no advertising, Nia, made in China. And then it came right back down. They're like, wait, you got you guys all saw that, right? I'm not dreaming, right? And it was this weird thing and it was terrible and slow and poorly built but everything else they've made is great sage is great the the ellipsa is just it's insane the amount of like innovation and like just the, the, the you know uh pat what do you call it? paving the way for all these other manufacturers to follow suit is crazy but like yeah they didn't do good on that nia but i i, I i'm gonna see what this uh what do you call it? this tolino has and we're gonna you know give it to the boys that do the dev and stuff and you know we're gonna look at it and See what you can see and see what it's all really about. Again, it's a Tolino. No bashing Tolino, but not really a major player on the international stage. But we'll yeah, they're they're adjusted. they're one of those companies like Bokeen that are very regional. You know, Bokeen is like pretty well only relevant in France. But if you speak French and live in other countries, they will ship it internationally. Although shipping is like sixty to eighty dollars, like via yeah, like a courier you, right? company. Uh, Some and if yeah. you order something cheap from Bokeen, you actually pay more in shipping than the item's worth. But you know um, that that's an anomaly. <laughs> with probably just Bokeen and like their shipping rates they probably I, yeah. aren't aren't I, even aware that that's a problem they're like let, let's let's point it out to them man uh, let's after this let's add a purple case to our Bokeen diva in their checkout and see what it comes to because the case should only run like what 16 euros yeah so let's see what it comes to and if it's like 49 euros plus vat shipping it's like okay we gotta like flip them a message because that's that's but I mean, you know, right. Tolino is a bigger player than um than Bokeen is they because are. like they're they're sold like in physical books like all the yeah, big yeah, bookstores yeah. like in Germany. So you can walk into a bookstore and play with it, buy it, and then have support from that company. So it's it like true. you know, it's one of the benefits of buying say a nook from Barnes and Noble. You can go and play with it before you buy it. It's hard to play with a Kindle before you buy it, you know. Kobo, um, it's almost yeah. impossible to pl the, to play with it before you buy it, unless you live in specific markets where it's sold in bookstores. Like in Canada, all the Kobos are in, in chapters like Indigo bookstores. You can do it, but with Walmart in the states, they rarely have a display unit out for it, so it's really hard to try before you buy. But That's you such know, a good point. Like Funak, like in France, easy to do try before you buy. You know. Um, if you live in if you live in Japan or 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 like Taiwan, you know, easy to play with it before you buy. But it's only specific markets. Um, yeah, you know, you know that never used to be a thing when e-readers were in their infancy. I guess 2010 to 2013, before they kind of dipped off. You could try them anywhere. 
I mean, we were setting up those pop-up shops at universities and trade shows. Remember, we used to go around and put like the Kindle Touch and the Kindle Basic 4 and stuff on display. But yeah, man, the recent, like even here in Japan, when we go downtown and I, I think I did a short on our YouTube channel of a, of a 2022 Kobo booth at a bookstore in, in Japan, they were showing off like the, the aura and like the H2O and we're just like, no Kobo, no Kobo, no Kobo. It's weird. Yeah. And even in the States at Walmart, Kindles are getting harder to find. It's like, what happened with the whole try before you buy thing at a couple markets? Like you said, chapters Indigo, there's going to be some Kobos, but like, what about Ireland? What about India? What about all the other 195 countries I didn't mention that might want to try these? It's like to really just that whole kind of culture around e-readers being on display is, although being more accessible and there being more models than there ever has been in the history of e-ink are getting harder and harder to try before you purchase. Very strange. You know, it's, it's the profit margins on them are not very high. You know, yeah. how people make money is with digital content. So, yep. it's the you know, services to, and, the and, and to pay the, and the retail cases. fees, like to actually, you know, the retailer takes a cut out of each transaction or they, they charge you for warehousing fees and stuff like that. So with all those extra fees, it's not even financially viable to do it's it. True. How yeah, Kobo it's gets around that is that they actually give people commissions for, you know, their book. So say Chapters Indigo or, or Walmart, um, you buy a Kobo from there, Walmart actually gets a cut out of every ebook that you buy on that kin on that Kobo that you bought from Walmart. Um, so they have these like affiliate programs for all of like their, their major players. And when they do firmware updates, they do firmware updates for that specific sub-like brand and for the Kobo e-reader itself. So if you bought a Kobo e-reader directly from Kobo, you get firmware updates faster as if you right. would then uh, got it from like Chapters Indigo and they have to like sign a different firmware update to make sure that if you keep buying ebooks on that Kobo that you bought from Chapters Indigo <clears throat> two years ago, they're still going to earn money on every sale that you, you get. So, you know, Kobo is actually the only company that does that um, mm. for, for digital book sales. No one else gives you commissions like on, you know, digital sales. And I always thought that that was like an untapped market. But yeah, yeah. If you look at the uh, like Mike said, if you look at the companies like Kindle, Kobo and Nook, the ones that sell all the digital subscriptions and the digital comment and uh, the content and the after sales, like, you know, sub to this for nine 99 and get this audiobook for this. The, the e-readers themselves compared to other players are typically lower the, the, the cost, you know, it's cheap to buy a Kindle compared to a Bokeen. It's cheap to buy a Nook, uh, uh, the Nook E's like $119 compared to a Tolino compared to a Y-Ben even compared to, anyone that doesn't do anything digital anymore sony they don't do digital anymore fujitsu they don't do digital so like the guys that make the actual hardware that that's their bread and butter to make the money on the hardware it'll typically be higher than the ones that have a subsidized unit 39 dollars kindle on sale because they're not you know because they're not making anything after the fact you know uh it, it's like um yeah, it would be really the bigger players that have this already kind of developed digital infrastructure that have the cheaper units because they know you're going to buy a case. They know you're going to sub to this, you know, news feed and and this uh, unlimited program and all that kind of stuff. So that's why when you guys say like, you know, oh, the Tolino's 399 or whatever it's going to be, it's like, well, that's kind of why 
you know, just as an example, because they don't have a lot of other things in their court to make up for that. They have well, to Toledo, sell the hardware. You, Toledo, you can't make that case because they sell know, accessories, they That's sell right. ebooks, they, they have library example. integration. But yeah, like the vast majority, you look at Onyx, they only make money on the hardware. They so Onyx devices else. cost more. Boy, use yep. the same. Uh, Fujitsu, um, like everyone, Moby like Dasung. Yeah, I mean, then, yeah. all the sort of like the small to like small mid-level companies, it's, it's hardware is is the only way they make money. Whereas like people that have their own digital bookstores and ecosystems, their devices are often cheaper yeah. comparatively to like something that has a similar spec, but doesn't have a bookstore. So, you know, pocketbook is like a bigger, you know, sort of like a mid-level player in the e-reader industry. They've been around for like 15 years, but like they don't really sell a lot of paid books. They don't really sell a lot of paid audio books. So they do, but they've had free books for so long that just customers are unaware that they don't have paid content yeah. too. So pocketbooks sort of moving in that direction of like their device still costs a little bit more because still hardware is like the only way that they truly make money. But they're slowly moving into the direction of digital sales, which is good because they're one of those few brands that have moved from hardware only sales to like digit like to selling digital content too. Whereas almost everyone else has been sort of e-readers and digital content from day one. Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Amazon. They've all been doing it from like their very first e-reader to whatever last e-reader that they make. Yeah, yeah. And Pocketbook's a little bit of an anomaly in the sense where even before they were really dealing with hard, uh, software and say after sales, they, they have some pretty cheap units. They're still, uh, you know, like Mike said, a little bit more expensive than competition. But, you know, they tried their best. The Basic 4 is $80. The Touch HD 3 is 129 And the Basic Lux 3, actually, which is pretty good, is $99. I mean, in this day and age, to release something for under 100 bucks. I mean, the Y-Ben, I keep going back to that because it's true. It shows that a player out of the woodworks in recent 2022 times making their own thing from the ground up, it's like $139. And that's like the best they could do. And, I, you know, I'm not hashing on them, but it, it's true. It was like, it's not easy. So granted, Pocketbook's been around for, what, 15 years or something, which is pretty crazy. But still, yeah, it's interesting to see, like, the way these companies morph and, you know, like the, the hardware live or die companies and the software live or die companies it's just interesting it's um and some companies run out like hard uh remarkable was all hardware then they're like we capped we we didn't advance anything else our hardware is maxed out we, we can't raise any more money stuff. no we've discontinued the one we've discontinued the pens a couple of the cases are gone we are maxed out subscription service take away some features make you pay more some people buy into that some people really gave them the third degree but um yeah you know companies have to innovate and have to do things to make money and um it, it needs to be done you know like uh i don't know just, and no one's really like followed remarkable suit to like no, dude, offer you know the public the public well, opinion on that it's because remarkable like more people I don't know. I think it's more people talk about the remarkable than they do any other e-note. Um, I think so. Yeah. You know, what's actually been contesting that recently, at least with the bigger news outlets, the MatePad paper. Yeah. That's kind of the only other unit we've seen. Just like Mike said, that more people are talking about like Onyx who 
when you're, you know, a mainstream Google news feed. Oh, it's made by Huawei. It's like they're, a, that's it. you know, yep. a billion dollar company versus Onyx Book, which is like maybe a $2 million company. And we went to a trade show. I went with uh, two of the guys two months ago to the the Japan display uh, 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 trade show that was just displays. And every major player was there. Sony was there. Fujitsu was there. Samsung was there. LG. Everyone. And the only e-paper device was there in the biggest ass booth with arcs and stuff was Huawei showing off like you know, three mate pad papers and handing out like, you know, mate pad paper. Uh, it's easy to buy. You know, it's like easy to it, buy. It's, it's recognizable sold name. all over Asia. It's like yep. been selling in That's Germany right. and stuff now. So it's like, it's slowly gaining like more traction. But I think because a company like Huawei, this is like the first time they ever made an e-note that people were like excited. It's, it'd be like if Samsung made an e-note, oh, like an e-note or nice. like if, um, you know, one of these huge, like LG made an e-note or, yeah. you know, somebody like a well-known, well-respected company that's like Fortune 500, you know, suddenly makes yeah. an e-note. It would be like tremendous news and everybody would be talking about even two years later. But that's correct. I think with the e-note industry, especially with smaller companies, offer a premium level of service, you know, offer premium templates even as like yeah. you know as, as, as a benefit like or if it's a color e-note offer double the colors for for drawing you know if 16 colors is good for you cool if you would like double the colors pay like 3.99 a month and unlock like the ability to unlock more yeah. colors you know right. or to unlock some extra features like dropbox like sharing <laughs> or you know Microsoft OneDrive or something like that. There, there, there's, you know, templates that are calendars that you can like edit and they would notify you when that date arrives or something like that. You know, there's a lot of kind of cool stuff that you can do. Whereas with Remarkable, they sort of, the execution was wrong, but the spirit of charging extra. Yeah, you're right. For digital, for extra digital services is viable like totally it was, viable it was viable and they they did you're you're right it was a absolutely failed execution because they didn't give you anything more at all they took away everything from you and held it hostage until you added your credit card to get it back that's what they did everything that you had translating text access to this access to that look at the chart all of those things that were there that you have to pay for were there it's just now you have to pay for them yeah so yeah, it had they done, oh, dude, you said it's exactly what you said. Had they done bonus hundred pack of templates, people be like, oh, I always wanted this. Now it's here. Not, hey, where did my stuff go? All right, I'll get the old credit card out. Four, five, nine. Like, dude, that was the wrong way to do that. And that's why the public was like, they let them have it. The, and yeah, they, they basically it, got executed at the court of public it, opinion. Yep. In the and and you know Mike did some deep dives on the company. It was like, oh, their shares are this and their investments are that. It's true on a like you know big wig you know seventy year old CEO sitting in a big office chair going, oh, this company's worth this on the Nasdaq. Whatever. That aside, as a packaged consumer product, they they killed themselves. They did because no one wants to buy something that doesn't do anything. And then have to pay more to have it do a little bit more. That didn't make any sense. And it was the wrong way to do it. And that's why they're just they're not on the radar right now. And people are commenting right now. And they're like, the promotion sucks. Uh, subscription is garbage. It's just, 
what do you want? I mean, it's true, right? And people are like, oh, you're too harsh on Remarkable. It's like, no, man, we're just saying the facts. That's what it is. They took away everything and they made you pay to get it back. And that's silly. Especially because when you buy their unit, you don't even get a pen. You got to buy the pen. It's just weird. I don't go over Remarkable anymore, but yeah. All right. So we've been doing this show for about an hour and a half. I think it's time to end it. So we want to thank for everyone that's been. Oh, I had one more thing, actually, Mike. Sorry, because uh, we forgot to mention it. And it's it's big and it's on the radar. Oh, what is it? Um, Oh, yeah. It's the raffles because we're giving away a DPT RP1. And it's only two more, three more days till we're, we're, we're wrapped. And uh, yeah, we're um, if you go to the site and you grab some raffle tickets, you will be into the draw where we will send you a, a uh, free DPT RP1. And um, yeah, it's the first time we've ever done three parallel contests and we're kind of tripling down on that. So if you guys want to head over there, you can grab that and uh, we'll give it to you guys at the end of the month. And we have a Sony DPT, sorry, a T2 on a free contest right now on YouTube. So you can head over there and grab that as well. Uh, yeah, so what I'll do is, uh, for this live thing, I'll add the raffle tickets so when people are playing it back, they could actually, uh, buy a raffle ticket right on the video. It's kind of like when you go to the fair and they're like, buy your raffle tickets and you get those little ripped off red things and then they're like, uh, who gets the soccer ball today? Uh, is uh zero zero five, and it was like, yeah, you know, when you go to like your son's baseball game, and they got like, a little wood shack handing out raffle tickets. That's what it's like. You put, you know, two dollars into the thing, and you get a raffle ticket. So for a thousand dollar device, uh, we're charging nine ninety nine for a raffle ticket. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been very, very um, good up until now. People like that they get like a premium thing rather than just kind of the you know review sample things we give away for free, which you can also get. And everything's completely random across the board. We just pick a name and send it. Last One of our winners for something recently lived in Reunion. And I was like, the hell's Reunion? And apparently it's like a French country island nation territory off the coast of Africa. And I was like, okay, that's it's not going to be cheap to ship there. But... <laughs> but uh, Someone from Reunion won, so that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so um, this has been another edition of the Goody Reader Live. We do the show every month on the last weekend of the month, either Saturdays or Sundays. If you're listening to this uh, on our podcast network, such as like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, you know, Google Podcasts and whatnot, you know, you could listen to us there if you're not listening to us there already. And we, you can watch us live on YouTube and participate in yeah. discussions on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash goodyreader. And the show will be uh, cross uh, promoted on the front page of our website. So you'll be able to um, have a transcript of the show as well as our key talking points and things like that on our website at goodyreader.com. Everything that we've been talking about with products uh, throughout the show, whether it's the Fire Tablet, Kobo, Tolino, you can go to our Goody Reader store at goodyreader.com and click on the store. Uh, we sell basically every single e-paper device under the sun. I think we have about 1,200 different products available uh, in our yep. store. So if you'd like to support the boys, you could uh, do so by making a purchase there. And um, yeah, get the ink note color from us as well. And thanks for listening. And for goodyreader.com, my name is Michael. 